As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents... Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Bogue. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks. And this is the biggest story in town. Here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogue and Johns with you as we continue our draft recovery. We have voicemails today, which we've been putting off for too long. I know people have been looking forward to those. I've been looking forward to those. Uh, happy voicemails today. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if people are excited. I think they are. I, mean, I, I think uh, it'd be surprising if they're not. So we'll We'll hear uh, from, from those of you that called in after the draft. Uh, welcome in. Hogan John's with you. Dan Pompey will be on the podcast today. We'll get his thoughts. I know we talked to a lot of scouts and people around the league following uh, the Bears' big move last week and also some of the other drafts as a whole. I'd also like to get his thoughts on this whole Aaron Rodgers thing that, that's going on that could be a huge impact in the NFC North. Uh, man, we got to get into that a little bit today. And Kevin Fishbane will be on the podcast as well. So it's jam-packed. How you feeling, Johnsy? Good. You? Recovered from the draft? A little bit. A little bit. Managed to get a little bit more sleep the last couple days. The sleep uh, deprivation for reporters is an underrated aspect of this. I think yeah. Friday night, I went to bed at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And then you're up and the draft starts right away, kind of. But busy, busy days. Yeah, there's a recovery period in there. Um, we're getting there. Uh, well... Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, still plenty of coverage up on NBCSportsChicago.com for me, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. And you can read Pompey's stuff and Kevin Fishbane and Johnsy's. Uh, tons of coverage up there for you as we continue to grind through the aftermath of this draft. But I know a lot of people called in on our voicemail line. Uh, actually, I shouldn't lie. There weren't many because we didn't do a good job of promoting that. It was sort of a... That was on us. That was on us. We should have uh, 
had that prepared, but I think we were all kind of caught off guard a little bit by what went down on, on Thursday night of last week. It's already been a week. Can you believe that? That was a week ago. The Bears drafted Justin Fields. Um, so anyway, but we did get some voicemails, and uh, I know Bob Dabrowski was tweeting at us saying he was calling in and stuff. So uh, here they are, your voicemails from last week. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hey, Bears fans. B-Man's dad here. He ain't able to make the call today because he's at school, but he was excited last night. And today we've got our Justin Fields jerseys ordered, and we're ready. Bear down, baby. All right. I don't know if you guys are doing the voicemail line for the draft, but my God, Ryan Pace is a genius. So for Tevin, obviously... Fields is amazing, but for Tevin Jenkins, they had the 52 pick from pick 37 to 53. Eight of those 17 picks were offensive linemen. Pace knew that was going to happen, so he trades up and gets Tevin Jenkins, and we would have had the eighth best lineman, which would have been, I don't know who the Titans got. He's, he's a genius. We got the best lineman possible. Anybody who says he sucks is an idiot and pays forever. Sign pays. The Bears finally got it right. I've been a fan my whole life, and this is the first time I've ever been excited about a draft pick. Let's go, Fields. Let's go, baby. Bear down. I mean, I'm so confused. This is normally a rage line. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. It is amazing. I mean, Ryan Pace restores the Bears. Over these two days, bless him, bless all of them. Go Bears! Round five is in. They're changing their personality. They're going to maulers and ballers. Hey man, Bears fair. Ryan Pace, A plus plus. Every single pick, an absolute gem. Just congratulations for giving us all hope again. Hey, this is Nate in Phoenix. Um, super excited about Chester Fields. I hope that uh, about a month ago when we picked up uh, Andy Dalton, there was a voicemail about this guy who was talking about shredding all his Bears stuff, saying he's never going to be a Bears fan, ripping stuff off the wall. He's not welcome back. He's not welcome back. I wish him best in his future endeavors with his whatever team he picks, but he's not welcome back to be a Bears fan. He can suck it. Go Bears. Wow. No room for that guy in the I mean, uh, Justin Fields bandwagon, huh? That was the last time we did voicemail. Was uh, was the the Andy <laughs> Dalton signing? And uh, the tone on those ones was significantly different. The the anger overflowed that day, and there was a lot more, if I can recall correctly. <laughs> you know, there was there was one guy missing in there though. We didn't hear Babo. And uh, and I, I, here's why. Everyone wanted to hear from Bob Dabrowski. I wanted to hear from Bob Dabrowski. I he told us he left a voicemail. 
Well, here he is. This is Bob Dabrowski's voicemail to us after the Bears selected Justin Fields. Stunned silence. I didn't think there was anything that could mute Bob Dabrowski, but we have found it. It is the Bears drafting Justin Fields. Speechless. Ryan Pace left Bobby Bobby D. (laughs) Speechless. This guy has so much to say about Adam Shaheen, but left speechless by the the Bears trade-up. That or he butt-dialed us. (laughs) It may have been the last one, but anyway... I thought we had a voicemail from him, and uh, well, we did. That actually was a voicemail from his phone, so I don't know what happened there. I think he was just speechless from the pick, uh, but maybe, Bob, if you want to call back in, we can still probably fit that in at some point here in the near future, but there are your voicemails, uh, kind of reflecting the 180 flip in yeah. the fan base's feelings about this team, about Ryan Pace, and uh, it's pretty remarkable. It really is. The narrative has changed. Mm-hmm. There's celebration. There's, um, I, I got uh, on one of my athletic articles. There was a comment that maybe the Bears should almost fire Ryan Pace every year. <laughs> you know, did they almost there's, fire there's, Ryan there's Pace? A point there. it's, it's it's a good. I, no, they did not. They yeah, I mean, that's they, part I, of the thing. No, yeah, yeah, they did not. I, I think the point there is, I think a lot of fans expect to change. I think fans are used to change, right? Like, um. And that the Bears didn't make those changes shocked people. Not, not only like us in the media. I'm like, I wasn't surprised by it. You weren't surprised by it. But no. I think a lot of us here in Chicago were. Um, that they actually, that the Bears actually preferred some some type of organizational stability as opposed to more change and more chaos. Because that's the Bears way. It has been the Bears way. But this is what you get. You know, the football guys have finally smiled in Chicago. This is kind of getting off into a tangent. We'll have that Dan here on here in a second. But if you go back to really what the expectation was after the Bears lost to the Saints, most people expected them to come back. Then there was like 48 hours of silence, though, where things built up and specul- people started speculating. And, and it, then you started getting a feeling, oh, is, are they actually going to make a move? Then they don't make a move at all at any area in the organization. That part of it was maybe a little surprising. I mean, I think some people thought that there might be some changes um, towards the top. Structurally. Even something you know small, like changing somebody's title or who knows. But they didn't even do that. And then, of course, there was the disastrous press conference where, and, I, and I'll say this you know, till I die, there was a legitimate argument for bringing Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy back. And they did a terrible job of making that argument. They almost didn't attempt to make the argument. They just said, this is what we're doing. Live with it. And that was kind of the tone. That's kind of what the tone was. Deal with it. And, and, and then they made it worse by not answering the question about Ryan Pace's contract situation. And that led to more speculation. So they really just did not help themselves. And it, and it, Things were already bad because of the loss and the way the whole second half of the season went, and then it just kept piling on and piling on and piling on. And so, for being honest, like I just 
I don't think they did Pace and Nagy any favors in how the whole thing was handled. And then so they don't get Russell Wilson. They sign Andy Dalton. It's just all looking bad. And then it, it all kind of flips with this there one pick. Still the, there, there was still the draft to be had, wasn't there? Like it's. Yeah. You know, it's easy to live day to day in the NFL, but there's a calendar that these teams abide by. And not everything comes to fruition. Like a lot of teams put a lot of hard work to certain things that don't come to fruition. Yeah. You know, it just happens. That's, that's the NFL, but sometimes things pay off. Well, let's bring let's bring Dan Pompey into this conversation uh, if we can here. I, you know, I think I I think um, you know part of this is yes, the fans were were anxious and upset and how everything was going on. But uh, Dan, first of all, welcome in. It's always good to talk to you. These are exciting times for the Bears. All of a sudden, things have changed. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's quite a quite a weekend we had last weekend, huh? So. <laughs> We were just talking about how things have just flipped in the last week or so, um, with the mainly with the fan base. But the point I was I was about to make is I, I think even around the league, there's people weren't really high on what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace had been doing as of late, and for a lot of different reasons. And you talk to many people around the league. Some some great work on the Athletic uh, about the opinions on the Justin Fields pick and all the drafts around the league. What's the sense you get now in, in at least how in, in a vacuum, how this draft was looked at uh, for Ryan Pace? Well, there's no question, Adam. I think the draft was well perceived uh, on a lot of fronts. You know, I think everyone thought that the risk in trading up for Justin Fields was justified. And then uh, the move for Tevin Jenkins to get apparently now a starting left tackle in the second round, uh, you know, was, was justified. And then, uh, you know, they added obviously some other players who could be contributors as well. Uh, I think, you know, it would have been, you always walk away with, without something that you wanted. And I think the bears walked away without uh, a cornerback in particular that they really needed, but you know, that's nitpicking. I think generally speaking, uh, the draft is really well perceived and well regarded. And certainly bears fans are giddy about it. Dan, when you start reaching out to executives and scouts uh, around the league and you start fielding opinions on what they did for Justin Fields, did, did anything surprise you? I mean, they seem to be shocked that Fields was even there or even possible, you know, out of the top 10. Yeah, that was the biggest surprise to me was that he was available at that point. I thought for sure he'd be gone. I, I wasn't even sure that there'd be any quarterback uh, at pick number 11. I thought really all five of the top guys would have been gone by that point, but uh you know, the Bears really lucked out in that regard that the, court, the two quarterbacks fell out of the top 10 and they were able to uh, make the trade up. Obviously, they found a willing partner and there weren't other teams clamoring to get up at that point uh, that outbid them. So uh, so that part of it was huge. Uh, but then I think the other thing is, you know, uh, the thing that stands out, everyone is in agreement that Fields is, is a really special talent. And uh, it's just a matter of, you know, where he goes with that talent and how he develops and really how Matt Nagy and the Bears coaches develop him, how the Bears surround him with players who can bring out the best in him. You know, we've seen many, many times throughout the years, uh, good quarterbacks come to teams and not end up 
producing like good quarterbacks. And sometimes that's not always because of the quarterback. Sometimes it's because of the players around them. Sometimes it's the coaching. Sometimes it's the system. There's a lot of factors that go into bringing out the best in the player. And I think the Bears have to now take that next step and try to get Fields uh, to become the quarterback that everyone thinks he can be. And Dan, that's a great point. And you've obviously seen so many quarterbacks come through this organization and and not make it and, and, and not have success. Something about this feels a little different. I, I, I don't know if it's... I think part of it might be just Justin's success in his career. He has really shined at every level. Um, this is different from Mitch in the fact that you're not taking somebody who was barely 500 at North Carolina, never really played in enormous games. This is somebody that shined. He played Trevor Lawrence multiple times going back to high school. Like there's, there's so many different levels where he took his game to the next level and shine. Now that doesn't mean that the bear side of it is going to work out, which what you just talked about in developing him. But even there, I mean, Nagy having the history with Mahomes, something about it feels different. So what is your confidence level? that it will work out, understanding that none of us really know. Yeah, I mean, I think the last thing you said, Adam, is the, is the, is the most important. We really don't know. Um, you know, there have been a lot of quarterbacks throughout history who've been very successful in college, in high school, you know, all the way up, did all the things right in the workouts, who have not been successful in the NFL for various reasons. So, um, you know, it, it's a little bit difficult to, to judge uh, based on that. But I, I think, you know, you're talking about a guy, uh, I think, with really good intangibles, um, despite, you know, there was a report about him early on that said maybe he didn't uh, work as hard as he should. But I, I was able to find no evidence of that. Yeah, and I think I know you guys have written stories, too, that mm. basically say the same thing, that, you know, the people – who have been uh, in his life going back to high school have always talked about what a hard worker he was. Um, so I think, um, you know, if you combine the kind of ability that this guy has, the kind of experience, success at, at all the different levels, along with high intangibles, you know, it's going to be uh, difficult for him not to succeed almost, you know. And I think, um, you know, the, the most important thing probably determining his success outside of, how the Bears develop him and, and the things we talked about earlier is his ability to integrate into an NFL offense, uh, you know, to read uh, the defenses, to uh, be able to throw with anticipation, uh, to do some things differently maybe than Ohio State asked him to do. Because uh, while the Bears, I think, want to look hard at that tape and clearly, clearly uh, build on it, uh, obviously, I think you need to do more than that, too, at this level. So, um, you know, there'll, there'll be some growth involved with Justin Fields, and uh, it's going to take some time, I think, too. What do you think about that time, that that developmental plan that the Bears might have for Justin Fields? You know, they got Andy Dalton. They're giving him $10 bucks this year, um, and they want to be patient with it. Do, do you think that's the right course of action, considering, like history says, that every one of these first-round quarterbacks is going to play. At least re recent history says that. Well, I think the best-case scenario for Justin Fields is to sit for a year and, and to learn and take his time and not be rushed and not be pressured. But sometimes that's not realistic. I think what's 
uh, going to determine whether or not he is playing this year is the success or failure of the Bears. You know, if they're struggling, especially if they're struggling offensively, uh, there's going to be a groundswell of fan support to get him in there and media support too, I'm sure. And, and really the pressure will even come from internally, uh, you know, the front office, the locker room. Uh, so um, I think, you know, there, there's two things that are uh, at the foremost of Matt Nagy's mind when it comes to playing Justin Fields. First is the development of Fields. And, and you know, the second is what gives you the best chance to win. And, um, you know, he has to kind of balance those things and, and find the, the, the way to do it. Um, but as long as the Bears are winning, as long as the offense is succeeding, there's not a pressure to play him. And I think, you know, that would be the, the best case scenario for the Bears. Dan, the last thing we have for you is about Aaron Rodgers. What a fascinating story this has been over the last week. And there seems to be some really smart, uh, informed people out there. Uh, one of those, in my opinion, being Rob Domofsky up there in Wisconsin, who really thinks Aaron Rodgers has played his last down with the Green Bay Packers, which is really insane to think about. Uh, and then there seems to be some other people, like I know a couple of his teammates or ex-teammates have come out and said, oh, no, this will blow over. He'll be back. So I don't know what to believe, but, but what is just your reaction to this whole story up in Green Bay? Because it obviously has an enormous impact on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I think uh, to me, it would just be crazy for the Green Bay Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't know how you do that because you're a team that's on the verge of a Super Bowl. You've got the most valuable player in the league. If you trade him, obviously, you've got no chance. You're, you're rebuilding. And, um, uh, you know, these opportunities do not come along often for most teams. As Bears fans well know. Packers fans, maybe they're a little more spoiled. But, um, you know, it, it would just be uh, crazy to let this guy go. And um, I, I have to feel that the Packers are going to do everything they can in order to keep him because, like I said, the, these opportunities don't come along. But Rodgers is a different guy. and he, is, uh, he does seem to be dug in on this. The only other thing I'll say is that we've seen other cases like this too where you know, players have pretty much indicated they're done with a team or uh, you know, we think a player is going to be moved and then he doesn't get moved because things get worked out. I mean, it happened to a degree earlier this year with, with Russell Wilson. You know, I think a lot of people thought he was gone from Seattle. and Obviously, that's not happening now. So, um, you know, it, it, the story is not over yet. And it's going to be interesting to see where it goes over the next month or so. You've gotten to know Aaron a, a little bit over the years, haven't you, Dan? So, like, the way this story is coming out... Um, the way his personality is, do you think like he would really sit out a year if, if he's really that dug in, like knowing how competitive he is, knowing who he wants to be remembered in this league? Like, can you envision that scenario coming to fruition where he, he's that dug in? I'm not going to play for the Packers again. Yeah, I have a difficult time envisioning that uh, because, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who obviously loves the game loves his teammates, loves Green Bay, you know, loves history. And he's getting older. You know, he doesn't have many of these opportunities left where he can win a Super Bowl and add to his legacy, maybe win another MVP award. Uh, so, you know, I, I know without a doubt 
it's important to Aaron Rodgers that he plays in 2021 and that he, he plays uh, on a team that has a chance to, to win it all. So, um, you know, he, he's got that right now, but, but obviously he's got some other elements up there in Green Bay that he's not happy with. So, like I said, be, be very interesting to see how a resolution is arrived at. Trade him to Seattle for Russell Wilson or trade him to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Just flip the – make the unhappy quarterbacks happy. Well, that's, that's one way to, to figure it out, right? I, I don't know. I don't I, I, that's going to happen, though. No. No, I don't. I don't either. Dan, thanks so much for your time. We we always appreciate it. Uh, follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Pompey. Make sure you're checking out all his great content on theAthletic.com. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Okay, thanks, guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. So you know this, Johns. I, 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 you know, I went to school in Wisconsin. I have tons of friends up there. My whole fantasy football league is my college buddies. They're all Packer fans. Every single one of them but me is a Packer fan. Um, and they're freaking out right now. Every day they're freak. It, it, it's they don't and they don't want to hear me po- see me poking the bear anymore. Like they're legitimately getting pissed, as you know. And, I and can I'm do sure that you're sometimes. putting that. You know, oh my god, it's happening, Michael Scott. You know, yeah. gif in there for for them to see. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and I don't blame them, but you know, also not shedding any tears. They've had a franchise quarterback for three decades now. Uh, but, but one of the things I have said to them though, 
Well, here's my here's my first takeaway. My first takeaway is Jordan Love must suck. Because Oh, you you mean the guy they traded up to get in the first round last year? But seriously, because here's the thing, if he was good, this has gotten so ugly, I think they would seriously consider trading Aaron Rodgers. And the reasoning is this. When they eventually made the move to trade Brett, Brett Favre, it was for a conditional draft pick that turned into a third rounder. Now, it could have been a first rounder, I think, if the Jets had made the playoffs that year. They did not. So it was a third round pick. For a Hall of Famer, for Brett Favre, for Brett freaking Favre, you got a third round pick. If you were to trade Aaron Rodgers right now, and maybe you should have last week, it would have been for a boatload of great draft picks, multiple first-rounders, and it still would be. But you got to have the quarterback in place. And I, I, I just, I feel like Jordan Love must not be good. Or certainly is not ready. Well, I think this just speaks to the frustration that Rodgers is probably feeling. So in your hypothetical with Jordan Love sucking, Rodgers would know. Like, they practice together, right? Like, this this guy, not only what did... Like, he was inactive on game days, right? Like, yeah. that's, 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 that to me is... But he's also it, the only quarterback on their roster right now, which right is now, insane. Yeah, other than Rodgers. But like, and that's the thing. Like, you look back at Mahomes, who didn't play his entire rookie year until week 17. But he was active every single game, right? Yeah. Every single game. You know what their third string quarterback was that year? Tyler Bray, your guy. Oh. I, I sorry. How's he my guy? I don't know. Just your guy. I, I got enough guys. You need a guy. So <laughs> <laughs> I need a guy. Okay. But like that tells you right there that there was confidence in Mahomes if Alex Smith got hurt. Like if he had to play, he could play. Jordan Love was inactive. For the Packers. Like, that was a storyline in Green Bay. So, put this hypothetical in Aaron Rodgers' mind. You need receivers. need offensive line help. You probably need some good defenders. The Packers traded up to draft this guy. And here you are, a Hall of Fame quarterback, who might be a pretty good judge of quarterback talent. And this kid they traded up for sucks. <laughs> like, like, think about that. Like, you would see it. Now, this could be completely unfair to Jordan Love. He could be a decent player in the near future here. But like there, there's a lot of things in play when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, you know, frustration and wanting to get out of green Bay. I just think that the Packers should learn from their own history here. By the time they traded Brett Favre, they wanted it. Like they couldn't wait to get rid of him. They were sick of it. They were ready to move on and they didn't get a lot for him. So, I mean, look, it is also insane to trade Aaron Rodgers, but I'm just saying if it's this bad, you don't want to wait too long. You don't want to wait. You don't want to say, all right, let's just play out this last season. We all we all know it's going to be the last season. We'll move on from him next year. It may not be. He may not be worth the sale. Okay, well, but, here, but here's the case. If that's the like, if if that's the scenario you're, you're debating inside, whatever. I forget the name of their office, but if that's the scenario you're you're, you're debating, if, Field. if you're the Packers, they work there. I think they do work there. If that if that's the scenario, again, you're debating, then like make the prudent decision and trade the guy, get something for him, right? Like like his value is high, MVP the of the of the league, still an exceptional player. If you're Green Bay, the smart thing to do would be maximizing his trade value, would it not? Instead of seeing it decrease, potentially him get hurt, all sorts of things come into play. Right. 
Oh, read look, the I, room. Read the room, Green Bay. Yeah, I, I look, I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to be worth a ton next year, too, but you never know. I, I, they, Things they, change fast in the NFL, man. They could have traded him Thursday and gotten Justin Fields. They could have traded him to Denver on Thursday and had a pick higher than the Bears and gotten Justin Fields. Think about that. Now, that would have looked bad if they just just drafted Jordan Love. But if Jordan Love really does suck, you cut your losses and you say, we got Justin Fields now. I I, love how we've gone down. We've we've fully made the turn down that Jordan Love must suck road, haven't we? Yes. There's not any evidence to the contrary. No, no. I think it says a lot he wasn't active, though. I really do. Yeah, and to be honest, like I don't remember enough about like the Aaron Rodgers storyline a year into his career. You know, he sat for a really long time. Three years. So I, I can't tell you off the top of my head were people saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers must suck. Because, I don't know, was he active? Was he not? I don't I don't know off the top of my head. But turned out to be pretty good. So, yeah, maybe we aren't being yeah, fair but that's a, that, that, That's a long time ago. That's like... Aaron Rodgers has been in the league so long, so good in this league so long that the the idea of quarterbacks and their value has changed almost. Like he's helped change that narrative about the value of quarterbacks in the league. That's why you see so many go in the first round. Like back when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, I think there was two going in the first round. There was Alex Smith at one, and him at what twenty four. Yeah. Uh. Well. Yeah. And plus, he could have gone number one, and he fell all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so again, those are the days where Michael Vick goes one. Drew Brees goes in the second round with the first pick in the second round. Like, that's a different era of football. And those are the guys that help usher in the current one where teams are desperate to fix their quarterback position. Man, this is going to be fascinating to watch. A lot of unhappy quarterbacks around the league. Huh. Justin Fields might be the best quarterback in the NFC North soon. No, my guy Kirk Cousins is still up there, but... But apparently they had interest in Justin Fields. Yeah. Apparently they wanted a quarterback. They got one in the third round of Calamon. And Detroit's happy with Jared Goff. They're not. <laughs> they did. You know what? At least in their case, like they got a guy in Penny Suell who could be. Like they may have just gotten themselves a Hall of Fame left tackle. So you're probably feeling okay if you're. Yeah. Like last year and, when and they. You're still. Last year when they took a corner. No, third overall with all those quarterbacks. I did not like that. No, I did not like that. I, this year, I still think there's a case that they, sh- you know, I, I, my point with the lions is at what point are they going to be looking back and being like, man, we had two straight years with really high picks and a lot of good quarterbacks were available. We didn't take any of them. Like at some point you need to get the quarterback. I think that applies to so many teams. Like there's a lot of GMs that are, praised for their shrewd moves like later in the draft and whatnot. But if you don't have the quarterback, if you're not taking swings at quarterback, like that's how you should be judged, especially in today's NFL. Now, Ryan Pace swung and missed on Mr. Trubisky, and here we go again with Justin Fields. But I think there's value in having a GM who wants to take those moves. Like the, the GMs that consistently sit there in the top 10 and don't pick guys, you know, like top 15, doesn't make much sense to me. You need that quarterback to win in today's NFL. That's why I like hearing that Rick Spielman 
was interested yes. in Justin Fields. I mean, he's got a crazy amount of money invested in Kirk Cousins the next couple seasons, but the guy was falling towards it. Now, it is, it is my understanding from the people I talked to that when they were trying to trade up to that same 11 spot that the Bears were, that they would have taken Rashawn Slater there, not Justin Fields. There seems to be some debate about that. But my understanding is that trade-up would have been for Slater. However, if Fields had fallen to 14 and Slater was off the board, which he ended up going 13 to the Chargers, then Fields would have been that pick, which is crazy to think about. So he could have been a a Packer, could have been a Viking, could have been a Lion. He is a Chicago Bear. It's a great way to put it. I'm just yeah, this, I know. This, we'll see how it plays out, but yeah, that's a great way to put it. This stuff is so fun to look back on, right? Like three years later, what could have been? Of course, we always do that with the Bears and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So, uh, well, well, that's that will always be, uh, I think, a very underrated part of the Patrick Mahomes story. The Bears weren't the only team that missed on him. Like again, the Buffalo Bills—they traded out of that pick. That eventually became Deshaun, or eventually became Patrick Mahomes. Now they got Josh Allen a year later, but that's that's the unique part of this is how many teams actually pass on quarterbacks year after year after year. Like if Fields hits, it's not only the Lions, but what about the Panthers, the Broncos? Like there is great value in taking quarterbacks. Like again, a premium position, but quarterback is just different, significantly different in today's NFL. For all those points I brought up earlier, it's why there are so many drafted in the first round. It's why teams get crazy and trade up in the first round and draft Jordan Love. It's the most important position in sports and the hardest to get right. And that is the one thing, like, I know people are not, we'll bring in Kevin Fishbane here momentarily too, um, to join the conversation, but you may be upset with some of the moves that Ryan Pace has done made in Chicago, but you can't debate the fact that he has been trying, right? He's not one of the, he's not one of these GMs that keeps like kicking the can down the road with the quarterback. Oh, we'll eventually we'll eventually get there. I mean he has been aggressive to try to fix that. He hasn't made the right evaluation every time. But he has been aggressive. And that's again goes back to when they signed Andy Dalton, it just did not make sense that that could be the only move coming. Now, maybe the draft board didn't fall their way on Thursday. Maybe it plays out differently, and they don't get their quarterback in the first round. But I think it's pretty obvious that you would have seen a quarterback then in the second or third round, for sure. Like, that that Andy Dalton was not going to be the only swing in 2021. Um, and it certainly worked out the way it worked out. Well, I think Matt, Matt Bowen said it best. You don't want to live year-to-year at quarterback, and that's what the Bears were on the verge of doing. Listen to that podcast from last week, two weeks yeah. ago. Two a lot weeks of, ago. A lot of podcasts to go back and yeah, listen yeah. to. A lot of great info from ESPN's Matt Bowen, former player in the league. But yes, you don't want to live year to year at quarterback. And the Bears with Dalton would have been doing that. You needed a young guy to bring into the mix. The Bears were just lucky enough to have one fall to them at number 11. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and bring in Kevin Fishbane. He has not had a chance to talk about the whole Justin Fields pick yet, so here he is. All right, Kevin, you uh, have not had a chance to chime in on the podcast yet. Uh, I uh, understand that you hate the pick. You are the one person out there who just hates the Justin Fields pick. 
Well, listen, as you guys know, when they trade up to 11, my first thought was Rashawn Slater. There's yep. your left tackle for the next 10, 15 years. Great pick. I mean, how, like he's, he's your day one starter. You don't have to do this whole 2017 Chiefs blueprint with Rashawn Slater. You could just go. Um, no, I, uh, I actually tweeted half-jokingly after Zach Wilson was taken, how is Justin Fields still on the board? And I, because I, I, I honestly thought he was the second best quarterback in this class. I really did. Um, and there's some Big Ten bias there. I've certainly seen a lot more of Justin Fields over the past couple of years than I had a Zach Wilson or certainly a Trey Lance. Um, but it just, I, I couldn't believe it. And I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what happens to the Panthers, Broncos, and Lions in three years. Like, you know, I would I would rather have Justin Fields than Teddy Bridgewater or Jared Goff or Sam Darnold. Like I I, I think I think he like oh, let's put I, I think he's got all the physical and mental attributes you need to be a good quarterback. Will he be a great quarterback? You guys know we don't know. You know, so much goes into that. So much about the organization, the coaching, the people around him, the structure, everything. But just from everything we know about him. He seems to have everything you need. Like there just aren't a lot of question marks that I'm that that I would be that concerned about. So yeah, I I I, I like to pick a lot. The <laughs> sorry, I'm still struck. Like I, I was laughing in my head the whole time about your Sean Slater joke because you put out the whole. Can I just stop here and say that Kevin did this mock draft that he shared on Twitter? <laughs> oh yeah. That he had all first round, or like he, it was all Northwestern. Guys. The whole draft. You know how many t- You know how long it took him to get there? <laughs> he kept using the Draft Network's uh, uh, simulator, and it took him how many times, Kevin? Uh, it took... <laughs> um, that one actually didn't take me as long as I thought it was going to You could just force the trades on there, right? Uh, yeah, so it was Pro Football Network. Mock draft oh, thing. Oh yeah, think. that one you can. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to like, but you know, it, what 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 screwed me up was I had to trade up trades. twice, right? Because I had to trade up once for Slater and then again for Newsom. And so after I trade up for Slater, I had to be quick because like Newsom could have gone. So I had to kind of be ready to go. And and if the trade gets declined, sometimes the pick's gone. It, it, it was it was an operation, but it worked. And I thought it was the best mock draft anybody could put out. Speaking of operations, now let's get serious. Enough of the Northwestern nonsense. Um, it was the funniest mock draft anybody could put out. <laughs> he was so excited about it, too. Like, like he, he texted me uh, on the side. How do you like my mock draft? I'm like, what? You did another one? I'm like looking at my Google Sheets and whatnot. No, he was talking about his tweet from like an hour ago about Northwestern and... Hey, I can tell you there's at least at least two people over at Northwestern that did appreciate the mock draft. I'll tell you Fitz. that. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, I'm pretty it. sure the head coach uh, tweeted it out there, so he liked it. Did he? I didn't even see him tweet. He tweeted I think, it? I think he did. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That made your year. I, you know, look. like he, A retweet from Pat Fitzgerald. Fitz no, and I both care. know talent when we see it. You know, we both understand what it takes to be, you know, good NFL players and, and, and the type of the type of guys these teams should want to bring into their programs. We know what's up. Anyway, well, I did want to bring in Justin Fields. 
They did recruit Justin Fields. So the, the, the operation, and I always find that we were just talking about this before we get on. I, I'm glad you brought up the, the, the Lions, the Panthers, and all that stuff because, you know, the, the, the need for quarterbacks and the swings, the continuous swings that Ryan Pace has, has taken on this. So I'm curious for your thoughts on not only that method of operation in terms of trying to get that quarterback right, but just the way how this, this unfolded this year, to have them sit at 20. Like, did you honestly think going into this that Fields would be an option with the Bears starting at 20? You know, I, I thought Fields was the only option, really. Like, I know they like Mac Jones, but I, I just I couldn't see a scenario in which they traded up for Mac Jones. That just didn't... That didn't really vibe with me. I was also, I, I thought Fields was going to go three. I really did. John Z, I think I texted you that day. Yeah. And I said, like, I, I, I'm just, I'm I going full that, conspiracy man. theory. I was never buying the Mac Jones thing. Like, you know. I don't I, think any of us see, were. Yeah. Like, I guess I could have seen it, but like, I just wasn't buying it. And I thought, I thought after all that time, we were going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Fields should go three. This makes sense. So I kind of thought he was going to go there. And then once. He didn't. I mean, I think all of us are doing the same thing. Every time, every pick, we're like, well, where's the trade? Where's the trade? And then the pick yeah. is in. You're like, well, why isn't anybody trade up for this guy? Like, what's everybody? And then you're, and then, you know, you're thinking, what are the Patriots doing, right? Because that, that's like, you know, you're, you're wondering, well, why aren't they making this move? Obviously, they like Mac Jones a lot. But um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought Fields was the one that like would make you sit there and think. It was funny because, my wife was in the other room and she goes, she was like, just let me know if, you know, if the bears do anything interesting. And I was like, all right, it's all right. And then like, we get to like pick six, seven, eight. I go, this is the area, right? Right here. Like this is the time when they could make that move. Um, and I got to tell you guys, you know, like we don't, we don't root for certain things, but as somebody who's covered this team for long enough to have to, um, you know, to see the way fans react to picks, when they traded up to 11, I got to be honest, I was rooting for Justin Fields. I did not want to have to deal with our readers and commenters. Oh, my God. If it had been anybody else. If it had oh. been Mac Jones. I just And, and it's nothing against Mac Jones. Like I think he could be a quality quarterback. I just like I just knew the avalanche that was going to come our way if they were going to you know give up a future first-round pick to move up for Mac Jones. So, well, here's, know, a, here's a good way to put it. it, it you know, Looking back at Mitch Trubisky getting booed at the Bulls game, they draft Mac Jones. Mac Jones gets booed at the Bulls game. Yeah, Justin Fields yeah. not getting booed at the Bulls game. He gets a oh, standing no. ovation. Yeah. Oh no! I mean, they, they, the would I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but this was the most excited anybody I think in town's been about a quarterback decision since the Cutler trade. Because you know, it's easy to forget that that day, April second, two thousand nine, this city was like out of control excited about Cutler. You know, yep. the, this is different because it's a rookie, it's a draft pick, but I, you got to go that far. And then I think I think the Khalil Mack trade generated that kind of buzz, certainly that this did. Um, but but th- I mean, this is like we hadn't seen anything like this in a long time. And I think from a draft perspective, you can argue Chicago hasn't seen anything like this since. I mean, I don't I don't know what the level of excitement was when they took Jim McMahon and what what draft that was eighty two eighty three. But, I mean, you have to go back a long ways for people to be this excited about a quarterback draft pick. And then it's just not Fields, too. The the move up to, what it's 39, right? Pick number 39 to get Tevin Jenkins right before that run on offensive lineman. Or right after. There's, I think, who was it? Who went before him? A couple of picks before him. Anyway, um, a run of offensive lineman starts there. And this is a guy, I think this is what, this is what really shocked people. Like, this was a guy... 
in Tevin Jenkins that was mocked continuously. No, mocked in a good way in terms of mock draft. Like continuously to the Bears over and over and over again, where I think some fans... At 20. Yes, at 20, where some fans were captivated captivated by him. They loved the nastiness. They loved the meanness. They loved the way he wanted to play. Um, And then they get him in the second round, trade up to get him. I, I feel like that move really sent fans over the top, and probably rightfully so. If the Bears truly had a first-round grade on him, this is a big deal. Not only do you get your quarterback, but like you said, you get a potential day-one starter at offensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, you step back and you say, okay, potential franchise quarterback, uh, long-term starter at left tackle. Like, how many GMs in the world would love to be able to say they got that from a draft? And again, this is saying this is before we know what these guys are going to turn into. But you know what do they say? Like if you're if a like a, a the best draft gives you three starters, right? Usually, like that's usually kind of like the saying, which it was just hard to do. I mean, I think of this draft, you got two definite starters, and then you know we'll see if any of these late round guys become anything. I think um, they really like Larry Borum. I think they like Borum. I, I I think this corner out of Oregon is going to be, you know, maybe we look back at him being a value pick. I mean, again, I'm kind of going off our guy, Dane Brugler, had him as a third, fourth round prospect. Um, and then but he's about, got a path there. You know, there's nobody really standing in his way It's at the slot corner position. Right. Yeah, that's, what, that's an opportunity to get in the field. So I, I think you ta- we, we, we've talked about this so much over the past couple of years, premium positions, right? Tackle, quarterback, like right there. Like, like those are your two guys. So, yeah, I think – and, and – I understand in a vacuum the the roster building um, philosophy of the Baltimore Ravens. Get as many picks as you can, and, and you know take your shots. Like we talked about this right before the draft, right? The people who don't like Ryan Pace are mad that Ryan Pace doesn't get more draft picks to use. You know, like that eighty third pick of the draft was probably not going to be somebody who's going to be a long time starter. Like that's just. By the way, this team hates third round picks. Yeah, but like except for David Montgomery, they they're just not a, not a third round pick team. They well, trade like them the away. First round pick. You know, to your yeah. point, you, you know, they use them on Brandon Harden and mm-hmm. you know, Aronis Grasso still in the league. I think he was last year. He started Aronis? last year for the Forty Nine. Harden was right. an Emory pick though. So Harden was an Emory pick. I don't want to put Jonathan, that on Ryan. Jonathan Bullard still in the league, but. I do like here. the the idea of focusing on special teams late on day three, like making yep. a concerted effort to find potential kick returners. Like Daz Newsom's more than just the potential slot receiver. You you got yourself insurance maybe a little bit more for Tariq Cohen, a punt returner. Yeah, I, I I wonder what their plan is with Tariq Cohen. Like, do, you, do we think that they're just going to say, hey, we're just not going to let you return punts anymore? I mean, that's hard to do with how good he is at it. It's funny because um, I was thinking the opposite that they were maybe going to give him uh, an op- You know, with Damian Williams coming in and maybe carries being limited and not being on the field on offense. I don't know if I was thinking maybe they're going to start using him a kick returner more. Remember that one kick return he had in the playoff game against the Eagles? Yeah, that was a huge it's, play. It helped set up the double doink. Right. Well, I also wonder too if you look if you look at the wide receiver depth chart, slot receiver is like your big question mark. But if you put Tariq Cohen in there, it's not as it looks a lot better. Like if you put if you put him anywhere on the wide receiver depth chart, it looks like a lot better than it does. And I wonder too if that's going to be another way because that's what they told us going into twenty 
was it 2019 or 2020 that we're going to see him at receiver a lot more 2020 then he got yeah, hurt. 2020 and then he got hurt yeah. so you know i wonder if, if that's if that's part of the reason that they didn't feel the need to although they've been adding these you know marquise goodwin demir bird so maybe they have other options but yeah daz newsome khalil herbert like you know these these are guys that were extremely productive at their positions in college too and the bears have soured on anthony miller who is your slot guy that could be awkward when he comes to uh, OTAs. If he's still on the team, he should well, be still on the team. And there's another example of uh, somebody who can he afford to not show up? This NFLPA thing is wild. You got guys getting hurt, losing ten million dollars because they're not practicing at the facility. I mean, it, I guess good good for you if you're a player who's bold enough to not show up right now. I just feel like that is a risky proposition. Yeah. Well, if you look at Instagram, right, Kev? We've talked about this. There's a lot of Bears players working out at Hallis Hall, so it's not. So who are some of them? That's on Instagram. That's public. Uh, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Tariq Cohen's been there. Eddie Jackson's been there. Um, I think a bunch of the offensive linemen. Okay. I've been around. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, it's funny. Last year during during the uh, like when, when we just didn't know what was going on with anybody, you start like that was the that was the best way to figure out who where everybody was was Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Get on the gram, man. Are you saying you're not on the gram? I'm on there. I just don't. Uh, I don't check it enough. You're checking the wrong things. <laughs> mm, like what? <laughs> I just I don't open my Instagram that much. I should more. I guess stalk people like you guys do. Mm. I saw that there was the you know the geese that are always walking across the street on the way to House Hall. Saw that in Roquan Smith's Instagram last week. There he is. He's gramming the geese. Gramming the geese. <laughs> okay. That <laughs> then you know he's at Hallis. There's very yeah. distinct geese there. To look at. Hopefully, we'll be at house soon. Um, hopefully. Kev, before we go, we, we talked to Dan uh, Pompey about this. What are your thoughts on this whole Aaron Rodgers fiasco? Let's call it. Like, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? What, what, what do you think? Isn't it, this thing went from zero to 60. Yeah. Like, it went from, whoa, something's going on with Rodgers. To like, Peter King and Rob Domofsky, like as plugged in as you get, putting it like a 5% chance yeah. that he's starting a quarterback for the Packers like, next what year. What the heck happened on Jeopardy? <laughs> yeah. He loved I mean, Jeopardy, man. Yeah. Rodgers just like, I don't know, he operates differently. Like, I remember last year during the pandemic, when, like, when, at like, kind of the height of the pandemic when there were so many unknowns in, around this time. And we were wondering what players are going to play. I remember thinking about him. Like, I could see Rodgers just taking a year off and being like, I'm not going to bother taking that risk. I got my money. I'm just going to chill. And I'll come back next year and light it up. I mean, it obviously didn't happen. He comes out and wins MVP. But here's my question. Why don't the Packers try to trade Jordan Love? Oh, we talked about this earlier. Did you guys talk about this? We think he sucks. <laughs> he <laughs> like, might. he must be bad, right? Like, we've fully gone down. Jordan Love must suck. He like, might. that's the route we're taking. Like, if, if I'm the Packers, I'm thinking, all right, listen, uh, we, we can't, we don't want to deal with this anymore. Let's just admit we made a mistake, trade love for like a fourth or fifth round pick, maybe, and then 
tell Aaron, hey, next time we'll loop you in. Heck, we'll have you come watch tape of the quarterbacks with us. And you can pick the guy. But see, this speaks to, I think, why it goes deeper than just a Jordan Love pick. Like, it sounds, you know, if they're willing to make him the highest paid player in football and he's still like, nah, that shows you, that shows you like how unhappy he is with the people that are there. And that it runs deeper. This is more of a, and I don't know Brian Gutekunst at all, but, you know, there's some Phil Emery vibes in that, like, He's clearly rubbed enough people the wrong way um, that it's a it's it's more than just whatever transactions are being made. Like it's there's an unhappiness there that cannot be fixed um, with just money. Yeah, you know, I've 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 thought long about this because the Packers have always had like the stable of future GMs, right? Like a lot of their guys have gone on to be GMs elsewhere. And who? Let's bring up one. Thing. Maybe Elliot Wolf wasn't he there for a bit? And then yeah, he, he got passed. That's the the son of legendary GM Ron Wolf. Like he gets passed over for that job. And I think Gutekunst was kind of um, I don't want to say surprised, but like they've had so many like respected scouting minds, personnel minds that have come and gone in Green Bay. That this is an interesting, uh, very interesting dynamic for them. Yeah, I remember when LaFleur got hired at some way in the league tell me that's going to be interesting with Rodgers. Like that was the first thing. Like how is he going to handle that? And then there was all that drama in 2019. And then it seemed like Rodgers was just on a mission last year and everything was fine until that playoff game. But yeah, you just you you wonder too, I mean, like does the guy just not want to live in Green Bay during the season anymore? Is like that he's like that desperate to just like live in somewhere like Vegas or Denver. Um Married Chicago. a movie star or getting getting married to movie star? Can't come to Chicago anymore. They got Justin Fields. That's out. That reminds me, Kent. We need to get that. The, there was a a clip. I was. I do you guys watch the Jeopardy? I watched. I didn't watch it all. I watched a couple of the episodes, but uh, like the first episode, one of the guys, one of the contestants, was from Cal, and uh, like the university where he went, and he says, "Go Bears." Rodgers said, "Go Bears," and I and I forgot about that because we need to pull that. There's yeah. Aaron Rodgers, crystal clear, saying, "Go Bears." Could have been a sign. What if we find out that Aaron Rodgers wanted to get traded to the Bears until they drafted Justin Fields? Fine, but the, I wouldn't blame Doesn't the Packers matter. at all for not doing that. What can the Bears get if they offer Nick Foles to the Green Bay? Probably Aaron Rodgers, straight up. At least Jake, Jake Kumaro. Oh wait, they uh, they punted I, him out of town right after Rodgers. W- I will wanted say, to keep him too. How many quarterbacks in the league would kill to have David Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones? Yeah, I. And again, I know this. And then you guys just alluded to it. It's more than just the people around him. But like, you know, like they haven't used like necessarily you know first round picks on those guys. And I know that that could be part of the the issue with Rodgers in terms of where they've been using those picks, but. It's not like he didn't have a. It's not like he had a bad supporting cast in Green Bay. No, but there's right, a pretty, no. pretty big drop off though after those guys. True. Like some of those other wide receivers. Denver's is Denver's this weird team. Don't they have like some of the longest Super Bowl odds in the league? But they were also rumored to be in the Deshaun Watson. Well, you know, and competition. that's kind of bringing this full circle with Carolina and Denver. I wonder how much that's still out there with those two teams. Let's got to look at what Houston did in the draft. 
Right. I mean, it's not just Watson. I mean, does Denver think they can still get Aaron Rodgers? Well, Denver's been down this road before with Peyton Manning. I mean, this they've missed probably worse than any team in terms of drafting quarterbacks. This is John Elway. This this is how hard getting quarterback correct in league is. Like Tim Tebow, Paxton Lynch. Like, are, are you kidding me with those picks? But he's got Peyton Manning in a Super Bowl in there, right? Aaron Rodgers. And we know Vic loves Aaron. That there's yeah. a there's some mutual respect there too between Vic and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean Rodgers used to come on the conference calls and talk about, you know, what to expect with Vic's defense. We all know the success Vic had against him when he was in San Francisco. So that Thanksgiving game twenty fifteen, John Fox's greatest greatest hour. Oh, the homecoming game. Yeah. The Tracy Porter game. The Tracy Porter game. You put Rodgers on the Broncos, they're pretty good right away. Good defense, good enough weapons. I could see that working out. We've got some trade proposals up at the Athletic today from our Denver and uh, Raiders and Washington um, reporters. the The Denver one is uh, uh, that that's interesting because you they have they have a great stable receivers and we know what their defense could be. It's going to happen. So if he goes to Denver. He would play the Bears next in help me out with this, John Z. When did the last, when the Bear oh, twenty twenty three. So two years away from the next Rogers Bears matchup if they don't meet in the Super Bowl this year. It, it's there there's an unbelievable quality to this, but you know, I, I thought it was unbelievable that the Bears could trade up from twenty to get a quarterback. Right. And just that there's too much. What's what's the old journalism cliche where there's smoke, there's fire. Like there, there is a lot of smoke right now. Um, how have we not talked about this, guys? Bob McGinn's report that apparently Aaron Rodgers refers to his GM as the Jerry Krause poor, of the poor organization. Jerry, poor Jerry. Poor Jerry Krause is still catching, getting, catching strays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like one note on that, like. Jerry Krause was the GM of six championship teams, Aaron Rodgers. So let's just correct that. Fine if you want to compare yourself to Michael Jordan. I think that's not a good comparison either. But that just speaks to to how bad things have gotten in Green Bay. That's your starting quarterback, your Hall of Fame quarterback. Your, the league MVP of last year is saying you're Jerry Krause in, in text messages with his teammates. And not only that, that it got leaked leaked right. to the media, and now everybody in the NFL world is talking about it. That's why I think it runs a little bit deeper. So yeah. We'll, we'll see We'll see what happens with that. It's obviously a huge story, and um impacts the Bears. Kevin, thanks so much. Good stuff, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kev. Follow Kevin on Twitter, at KFishbane. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. We need to get out of here. It's been a Pretty lengthy episode, but a good one. Love hearing from Dan Pompey, Kevin Fishbane, uh, and ad- finally addressing this Aaron Rodgers stuff, all while giving you your Justin Fields fix, because I feel like that's a daily thing people need now is Justin Fields, Justin Fields. So uh, Justin that's going to continue. All right. Um, check out our YouTube channel if you haven't already. We're on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the notification button. And uh, our shirts up at obviousshirts.com. Got plenty of merch. We got 
we got I little tease. We got something coming with obvious shirts. I showed it to you, John. Oh, it's, it's sweet. It's good. It's coming. I promise you. Uh, and when it's out, we will uh, we will blast it on social media for you to uh, to check out. But uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see our our shirts, our latest shirts that are up there, and also the uh, the orange Hogan Johns logo shirt is up as well. So that's all there for you on obviousshirts.com. Uh, please tell your friends about the podcast. Word of mouth is huge. We appreciate you doing that. Rate and review all of that, and um, we'll be back. What day is it? I'm losing track of time. It is Thursday, so we'll be back next week. I think our friend Robert Mays is coming on next week. Got to get his thoughts. Should be a he's lively a, one. He's an excited fella. Just a little bit. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>